getting into um, Isaiah 59 this morning. That's where we're going to go from. So if you want to turn your Bibles as we're setting up, I'm going to pray in a moment as we get started. Um, but this morning, I, I just really want to release some things that God has really uh, been speaking to me and has put on, on my heart for us. And, um, and uh, I just believe that one of the things God's doing is birthing vision in individuals. You know, the Bible says that um, without it, people perish. Without vision, people perish. Without a vision for the future, you end up looking backwards. And, um, or you just kind of live moment by moment doing whatever. But it's a vision that sets you up to live well in the present. Because you've got a direction in your life, you know? And um, I remember my uh, mom said to me when I was a teenager once, um, hey, mom, she, uh, she says to me, uh, well, it's hard to steer a parked car. And, um, and she was speaking to me about how, you know, you get, sometimes you just get moving in the way that you think the Lord is leading you best, and he steers you, you know. And, um, but one of the things that helps you to get moving is vision, you know. And the Bible says that in his heart, a man devises a plan, but the Lord directs the steps. And, um, and I, I believe that even, you know, obviously even the plan that we devise really comes out of a heart that's surrendered to God as we're looking to him and we dream with him. But then I love this part because we don't always know. Like you just have a vision. And you go, but how? How? And the Lord goes, oh, that's my part. I will direct your steps. Because one of the things that God is looking for, well, basically what God is looking for is faith. Did you know that? Faith. You know what, do you know what God's, God's love language really is? I believe it's faith. I think he has them all. I think he has them all. I believe in the five love languages. I think it's a discovery. I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a man's idea. I think it's man's discovery of how God has created us. So we, we have these love languages. But I believe God's, God has this love language called faith. He delights in being believed and trusted. And, um, and, and faith looks like something. There's action to faith, right? Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works, the Bible said. And so, so faith looks like something. And, 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 and so God loves to lead us step by step. Because he enjoys the faith journey. Because it isn't just this stoic belief that he's looking for, but it is a heart that is surrendered to God that looks to him in faith and trusts him for the steps. And we're on a journey together, us here. And, and we're excited about that. So let's pray and we're going to look into Isaiah 59 and uh, we're going to be focusing on on verse 19, mostly, this morning, okay? And I'm going to read that out of a couple of translations. But, Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for your hand upon us. We thank you that you are a God of vision. That you actually are a God of faith. That you have incredibly great faith. <laughs> uh, that, God, you are moving in the earth. That actually... You have never been idle. You have existed for all time, and at no time 
during your existence, your eternal existence, have you been idle? But you are an outflow of life. You are a creator. You are one who is always creating, forming, doing. And so the question is not whether or not you'll move. It's where you will move and who will say yes. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. And so, Father, we thank you, God. We ask you for your spirit of wisdom and revelation to be upon us. I ask you for understanding hearts this morning, God. I pray, most of all, that you would apprehend us, that you would capture us, that there would be an infusion of your heart for us and for our community, for the people that you love. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 59:19. it says this. It says, They will fear the name of Yahweh in the west, And his glory in the east, for he will come like a rushing stream driven by the wind of the Lord. The Redeemer will come to Zion and to the house of Jacob who turn from transgression. This is the Lord's declaration. Powerful. It's actually a messianic declaration. Okay, let me read it to you in the Amplified, it's the Amplified Classic Edition, okay? And um, for those of you who don't understand the Amplified Bible, basically there's many translations of the Bible from the original text. And when you study in the Greek and Hebrew, what you find is that, like you do when you explain a word, you will find a, 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 like multiple words describing that word that you've studied, Okay? And so to really understand what the text is saying, you've got to understand the picture and the viewpoint through which the Hebrew people um, or the people of the time who were using that language were speaking, right? When we say things, we understand, we have context because we have culture and language. And so what the Amplified Bible has sought to do is to draw it out and kind of give a broader picture. So it's a little more wordy, but it paints a great picture. And here it is. So. As the result of the Messiah's intervention. How many think that's a good word? Wait, how many believe that that we needed intervention? I know, I'm like, let's help us connect to this here, okay? This isn't just like Bible stuff. I mean, it's. It is, but it's it's alive. It's a living word. It's active. How many believe that we needed intervention? How many have seen the news? How many are watching the trends of our society, the degradation of boundaries that you never thought would ever be questioned? How many are seeing things happen in this day that you go, I can't believe we're having such a ridiculous conversation? It's literally like if we were to go back and rethink what color is the sky. That is the, that is the level of ridiculousness we are having in our secular realm today. Whether we don't even know if there's boys and girls. Like we don't, like we don't even know. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, it's, and it is like, it, it is literally like going back and wondering if the wheel is really the best shape to roll. 
It is. It's the thing that God has warned about when he says, don't go back and move the boundary lines. Like things that have already been established. This is what happens when a society turns from the absolute truth of God. And 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 then and when the arrogance of man comes up and then we begin to think that we don't need not us. We know we do, but. But we can also be sailing along in the blessing because we're living, we're li- right? We're living under the covering of our Father. And we've, most of us have lived for a long, long time in a nation that has, that has experienced the blessing of the gospel taking root in the fabric of society at a basic level. And even if, even if a majority of people in America had not been believers, yet it was still understood for a long time that this is a Christian nation. And even an unbeliever would have a respect for this book, which is the, the word of God. And, and, if, and, and even an unbeliever would have some sort, most would have some sort, the majority of society, even as unbelievers, would have had some sort of reverence for God, for the house of God, for the name of Jesus, and yet we're living in a day in America, a Christian nation, one nation under God, where you can go and you can speak the name of Jesus to our young adults and our teenagers, and they actually don't know who he is. I'm not saying they rebelled against him, that they don't want him, that they don't know who Jesus is. Can you believe that that actually, it's re, it, that's actually true. I've experienced it. Where there, there are young people who believe that Jesus is an expletive. It's a word that people say when they're frustrated. Or it's some, but, but there's been a disconnection from the truth of the man, Christ Jesus. Okay? And so I'm not discouraged. I'm very encouraged, but I think it's important to realize when we read this here that we need an intervention as a result of the Messiah's intervention. Good news is that is what he does. That's what Messiahs do. There's only one Messiah, but that's what he does. He intervenes. This is his specialty. This is what this is what it means to be the Messiah, the anointed one. That, that he entered into the human story and bridged the gap between hell and God. And he, and he made a way. This is what he does. And, and so I just want to say when, you know, I, some years back when I began to watch the turn, and you know, it really began to happen. Like within the last two decades, we've seen a major shift. And it, it makes you realize how fast things can change. Right? Things are being legalized that I never thought. Like, I remember people going like, let's legalize this. And I'm like, that's never going to happen. Oh, it did. Which is a real wake-up call, isn't it? When, you, when you're just like, that's never going to happen, you kind of laugh about it. Because you're so comfortable and resting in the fact that that, no, wait, it did happen. Oh, wait a minute, what happened? Well, it gets your attention, doesn't it? So we all agree that we need an intervention, don't we? Right. You just turn on the media. It's just, oh, yeah, it's, 
It's crazy. So, go back to the verse. So as a result of the Messiah's intervention, somebody say, praise God. God. Thank you. They will, check this out, reverently fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy will come in. I need to come back and clean that up. When the enemy will come in, Like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The comma's in the wrong spot on that verse in most of your Bibles. The enemy comes in, but it's like a flood that the Lord lifts up the standard. And and I can show that to you in the rest of the verse. But you know what we've had, and this, I'll tell you what, for for, for a long time, the church had a big devil. When the enemy comes in like a flood. I remember when the enemy comes in like a flood. The Lord will lift up a little flag for you. You know, like, it's like, you know, like that was, that's how it was kind of, that's how I heard it as a kid, you know. The enemy comes in like a flood. Like he's a big bad enemy. You know, it's like, and he's fierce, but, man, he's fierce, but he's a worm compared to God. Compared to God. And, um, and so, uh, so when the enemy will come in, but like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight. And here's the proof. Here's the flood. Ready? For he will come like a rushing stream, which the breath of the Lord drives. See, that's the flood. Another translation says a pent up flood. Where the waters of God, the river of God, has wanted to rush out on aspects of society. And yet it says, the dam is going to break. The Messiah is here to intervene. And he will come like a rushing stream, which the breath of the Lord drives. He will come as a redeemer to Zion and to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, says the Lord. One of the things that I see that God is doing in his church in this day is that he is infusing her again with boldness to speak. Because I will tell you that the thing about the gospel is it has to be proclaimed. How will they know unless they preach? You know? Yeah. And I do believe, side note, I believe that there's been a reaction in the body of Christ. And God is actually like raising up a boldness to be unashamed of Christ in society. I think a lot, I think some Christians, I, did you want to clap there? I thought I, thought I heard a clap. But uh, I didn't mean to cut off your celebration. I, I believe that some I believe that some of us, many of us actually, have kind of come up with a theology over the years. I've seen it. That if you share Christ in your workplace or in society, and then you get labeled the Christian, the different one, that you don't quite, you don't don't understand what I'm saying? That that's actually a bad thing. And that somehow you're not living in love. You know? I saw him going over the cliff. I just didn't want to startle him. I wanted him to feel loved. So I just quietly 
lives my life for the Lord. While they went over the cliff and died. And, and, I, and I just believe that because at some point, I believe we probably needed the message of the way we live needs to be our message. Right? Was it St. Francis of Assisi? He said, there's no sense walking anywhere to preach unless you're walking as you're preaching. <laughs> but I like that because you're walking as you're preaching, but you still walk and preach. And, 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 you know, the thing about light is that when you turn it on, it is different. And so I believe that God is in, infusing us with the boldness to speak this truth. And it is the gospel, the, the hearing of it, right? It, he, he confirms the message with signs and wonders. But do you hear what I'm saying? It's not signs and wonders unto signs and wonders. It is signs and wonders that validates the message of God, that he is a God of power. And he heals people because he loves them. He'll heal you if you don't serve him. He wants you to taste and see that he's good. He wants people to experience God. Right? So we're not just out there trying. But, but, we, but, but miracles come and signs and wonders come to validate the message of the gospel. That means there has to be a message spoken. And, and uh, you know, so we look for ways to release those seeds as we go along. I believe there's a boldness. Okay? But we're moving on. Because what I want to talk to you about today is this mighty rushing stream that the breath of the Lord drives. About 20 years ago, when God was really marking me and setting me apart for the direction that he is calling me to go, I, with that, you know, oftentimes encounters come season by season. And I like it when those seasons start getting together closer and closer so that your life becomes a season of encounter. And, um, but I was walking it around in my house one day. And I was praying and I was just pacing the living room and I was praying up on 33rd Avenue there in Clear Lake, California. I think my son uh, was just a little guy kind of following me around. And I remember Josh, I think, feel like he had like a, a blanket, like a cape. And I was praying and then he was just like going around. He was praying too. It was, it was awesome. Just this little guy. But I'm praying that day. I'm spending time and, and just really connecting and, and having a good time. And then, have you ever had God speak to you where he stops you in your tracks and what he says to you seems to have nothing to do with what you've been saying to him? And I love that. And it's not that you've been off or anything like that. It's just that he interjects and says, I got something to say to you. And so I'm praying and just, oh, just leaning in. And then I just, boom, as clearly as I've ever heard the Lord, he speaks to me and he says, I'm mending the nets of my people. I never had him say that before. I'd never heard, you know, I know that Jesus called some folks. They were washing and mending their nets, you know. And so I started looking that up. And, but nets, they get, they get torn and frayed. And they, you know, if you want to catch fish, you've got to mend those nets. You've got to make sure the knots are good and that there's no big holes. And, 
And uh, that's what fishermen would do. And uh, they'd mend their nets. Well, he said, I'm mending the nets of my people. And as I saw this, um, you know, in the imagery of my mind as the Lord was speaking to me, I just realized that his people are like nets in this context, the way he was speaking to me. And in that same season, uh, we would have these Friday night prayer meetings. And we would go every Friday night and pray a couple hours or more. Spirit would move, and sometimes we'd get out late. And um, and I was uh, praying, and boy, we we had glorious times. Saw a lady get out of a wheelchair at one of those prayer, just a prayer meeting. A lady got out of a wheelchair one night. Um, but we're just praying. We were praying for revival. We were partnering with the move with the move of God in our city, in our county, and and uh, and I was kneeled down between the rows. And I just had my head down and, and um, was down there. And I went into a vision. And in that vision, I saw this flood coming. And it was coming down the highway, coming from the north. And it was like, I mean, it was stacked up water. Kind of like the pent-up flood. And it was, it was coming. And, and as it hit the main street of town, it turned and it rushed down the main street of town. And all these people in the city were there. And they were getting caught up in this flood. But it was a good thing. And they were, and they were just spinning around in the water's current. Like they looked like those toothpicks. Just, just swept up. And then as I looked over the city, I saw the waters go down and break out into the side streets. And into all the back roads. And it flowed in through every home. And so God was showing me about what was on his heart and how he is moving and, and how he intends to move. I like that. I would say he wants to. He does want to. But it's about how he intends to. And, and he is only looking for people who will say yes to him. The thing about a yes to God is that when you say it, you give up all your ideas and plans. Because you realize that you're saying yes to one that he has. He's got one. And, um, and so, during that time, God began to speak to me about this, this outpouring, this flow, this revival. And you realize that the nation we live in has experienced wave after wave of a move of God. Since its inception. It's not the only one. But the nation we live in has experienced that. And our blessing and our prosperity, even our influence, we cannot take credit for. It really isn't because we're so great. It is because, in spite of our failings, in spite of missing the mark, God has continued to touch this nation again and again. And that, and that so often, God would move and then decades would follow and then again we'd be afraid, needing to be mended again. And then God would come and send another wave of revival and bring us back from the brink of destruction, which maybe we were closer than we realized at times. And renew us again and turn hearts back to God enough that it would be a big enough remnant in our nation to where God 
the blessing of God would continue to flow. And it isn't about our nation being blessed. But God does want to bless us. What he wants most is people. People coming to him. And, I, and I've been feeling lately that we, I've just been feeling, and maybe you're already there, and, and, I, and, and but um, I've really been feeling like the Lord saying to us here at Mountain Chapel, we've got to think bigger. We've got to think bigger. I'm dreaming about like global revival, so I'm like, we've got to think bigger. But we've got to think bigger in our context here. And so I've been looking at a map of Trinity County. So I'm like, yeah, we weren't touch Weaverville. But I'm like, wait, we're in Trinity County. Let me see that county. So we, we roll out the map and just looking over and just reading the name of these small towns and different sized towns all over Trinity County. And just thinking. You ever drive by? I'm sure you have. You ever drive down the road and you see a light way up on a hill? And you think, how do you get to that house? God knows the way to that house. This is, this is what I've been dreaming about with God. And I, and I believe that God is calling us to a greater faith. Let me say it this way. I believe, I believe that God is infusing you and I with faith. And that he's beginning to give us steps to build with him. Step by step we build. We walk with faith. And so there's shifting and there's movement and we're going forward. But I want to tell you, I just want to declare, you know, God, it's God's heart that his power and his presence would come in a way that engulfs our region, Trinity County. You know, in Romans, it says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. But I want to take it further. Do you realize transformed people transform the world around them? Transformed people transform other people. It's contagious. Transformed people transform their environment, the world around them. When a transformed person is, is, is in local government, it affects local government. Which has the power to bring transformation to a region in a practical way. And I believe this is one of the, one of the ways that it look, this is one of the ways it looks for heaven to touch earth. That your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That there, it has to look like something. Amen? And so transform people, transform culture, transform the world around us. And it isn't agendas that do it. It's simply the light of God that is born and, and the righteousness of God that's, that just seeps out wherever the people of God go. You are a light. And when you get... And so, we, so it's God's heart that he... Okay, let me back up. Here's the thing. You can't fish without water. You know what I'm saying? And there's lots of ways to fish, right? I've never fly fished, but I've seen fly fishing. It looks, looks cool. It looks fun. Maybe I'll do it. But it's fun. You know, and I grew up fishing, fishing, like fishing pole and, 
And sometimes we would fish with, uh, I used to crawl down under these houses in Highlands Harbor and just fish out of the rocks. We didn't even need a pole. We just had like these spools, you know, a little hand spool. And you get down there and you just toss your line out. We'd pull fish out of those rocks, rock bass, bluegill. You know, you catch one at a time. And, and one at a time fishing is great. And God calls us to one at a time fishing. But there's another kind of fishing that the, that the Lord also calls us to. And this looks more like a harvest. And it is where he finds a people who say, I don't just want to live by principles. I don't just want to be, you know what I mean? Like we're not a club, you know, like, like we are the bride of Christ, the people of God. And we're here on a mission. We're full of the spirit and we're preaching the gospel and we are making disciples. And there is a great harvest. And I just saw like, you know, the difference is like when you cast nets. It's a whole different thing, man. You just pull in a load, right? When the Lord's with you, when the Lord's right, when he tells you where to throw the net, right? We've seen that, haven't we? Like, but we've been doing that. We've been throwing the net. And the Lord's like, throw it over there. 153. Different, all kinds of different fish. That's a good word, isn't it? And so so this morning, really, my heart is, I just believe that there's an infusion taking place. And that God wants to reinvigorate us. And, 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 uh, and so early this morning, I uh, want to share this with you. Early this morning, I woke up and was just spending quite a, a beautiful time, quite a, a long time, just um, turned on some worship music and was just soaking in the Lord's presence, His presence just upon me and uh, and um, connecting with Him in that place. And no particular spoken word, just the love and the presence of God just ministering to me. And, and I'm just telling Him I love Him. And, and, um, and I was kind of going in and out, you know, like, and, um, and during one of those moments, I went into an experience. And um, I don't know what you call it. I'm going to call it an experience and let you decide. But I went into an experience, and that experience, I was in a place. And I, I walked out. It was a gym, like a, um, a school gym. It was at a church, but it was just like a school gym, basketball court. And, um, and they have a, a stage. You know how they often do, multi-purpose rooms. They have a stage there. And I was up on the stage, and I walked across the stage. And when I got to the far end of the stage, no one else was in the room. And, I, and as, I, as I turned and looked out, intercession came over me in this vision experience. And um, I feel the power of it right now. And, and in, in, in that place where I was soaking, just physically even upon me, the power and the anointing of God came on me. And intercession came over me. And I was just gripped. And I and it, and it got so strong that I, I had to like crouch down, and um, and and it was just one simple cry. It was like a groaning cry, and I and I said, God, and I just oh, it was it was almost like you ever experienced that where it's almost you just feel like you're gonna explode. It's almost more than you can take, 
And um, I just felt the power of God. And I said, I said, God, come and touch a generation. And I believe that's the cry that God has been birthing in his people, in this nation. That, you know, we've had our identity in Christ. But also, maybe, and it's only comfort that gets you here. I'm not saying political affiliation is a bad thing. You've got to vote. You've got to align your... You've got to put your convictions to use. But we don't get our identity from our political parties. Jesus hasn't joined one. Jesus isn't American. He's not African either. He's the king of all. He's the Lord of every tribe and tongue and nation. And he's the Lord of the universe. And, and, and he's the king of all. And, and, um, and, and, and he's raising up and he's infusing us. You and me, I'm closing with this. But if you just receive this this morning, because there's something tangible for us to receive. Can you feel it? You know, and it's okay if you can't. Because you're still getting it. You know what I'm saying? That's the beauty of faith. It's like, right? I like to, I'm glad I get to experience God. Faith leads you into experience. But we're people of faith. Right? We're called believers, not feelers, even though we feel. And, uh, and so, God is infusing us, and I believe this, what I experienced this morning early was this experience that this is actually the Father. If you can imagine the way He's groaning right now. And you know what encourages me about this? Is, is that you and me are being led by Him step by step to build something here. To host the harvest. And to see Trinity County transformed. Because there is that flood of the Spirit. And we are the nets. Of his people. And he's trusting us. With those he loves. And he's looking for yeses. And we are people of action. You know. And what I love about it is. is that It's like. It's like man. You just give God your lunch. You know what I mean. We want to do big things. But, but I'll tell you what. Sometimes big things come out of like. I got some fish and a couple pieces of toast. And he goes, watch me touch a community with that. Watch me bring in thousands. Do you realize that, that, do you realize that if you had 10%, if 10% of Trinity County were spirit-filled believers... That's like a majority influence. Do you realize that? It's like the tithe of society. You give it to God and He can bless the rest. And I, and I believe that this is, this is on God's heart. What am I saying? I'm saying this. That our, I believe if it's really faith, then it's going to be a vision. And this is what's happening. 
that God wants to partner with us in a way where I don't just want to see what I can do, what we can do, what you can do without God. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can do good things. You can do some great things, actually, with the gifts that God's given you, the talents, and I think that's how we steward those things. But there's another aspect where we go, God wants to do something that causes everyone to scratch their heads and say, I saw what you did there. I saw how you dressed your horse up for battle, but I don't know how you won that victory. I mean, nice horse, but that horse wasn't going to win that victory. You can hear my heart on this. Would you stand? Thank you guys so much this morning. Oh, God, we thank you, God, for movement. We thank you that you're moving. We thank you for touching our hearts today. We thank you that um, the seeds that have gone forth this morning, God, are your seeds, your words, your word, your word. God, I pray that every bit of it, God, that you're breathing on will take root in every heart, every heart, and not only the hearts in this room, but everyone who comes in this room who couldn't be here today, and everyone who is out there who belongs in here and doesn't know it yet, we, we release those. We pray the wind of God would carry those seeds out into our community. Come on, let's just pray. We pray that the wind of God would carry those seeds out into our community. Yeah. In Jesus' name.